0: Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life. We are convinced that the Bible is God's holy word, perfect and without error. Its perfection delivers what is good and beneficial for those who hear it and heed it. It is perfect for it leads us to the perfect one, the Lord Jesus. He is the bread of life. Let us seek him together through God's word. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. What did John mean when he said in John chapter 1, verse 14, that when they, the disciples, saw Jesus, they saw one who was full of grace and truth? I believe John was saying that Jesus was the perfect man. He was the complete man. That he represents all of us at our best. That he is above all of us in his greatness. And yet, though he was so full of everything good, he was not bland or colorless. He shines out a vivid, fresh, distinct, multifaceted, Personhood that overwhelms us with wonder and awe. He is the universal, comprehensive humanity. He is the intended man, what God meant us to be before sin compromised us and ruined us. He is full of grace and truth, sinless, perfect. That is at least in part what I think John meant when he said that they saw one full of grace and truth. But I also think what John meant was that as they looked at Christ, They received the overflow of grace and truth for themselves. Here's the question. What did it matter to them? What did it mean to them? Well, it meant this. They began to understand that they could, in looking at this one, this perfect one, that they, by looking at him, could receive this grace and truth through him. It was all in his attributes, it was all in his character, but those attributes and that character expressed to us the fullness of the salvation he wanted to bring to us. Look at, listen to me, what I'm saying is both interpretations are right. The second interpretation is right as well. There's a question that we should have as to what faith means. We had someone in our Sunday school just this last hour giving us a description of what faith means, and there's somewhat a debate. The Bible really doesn't give us any clear definition of faith, or if it does, it gives it to us in its practical expressions, but not a philosophical picture of it, and probably because it wouldn't help us if we knew all the philosophical elements of what faith meant, but what the Bible tells us is that we're justified by faith. It says that we're saved by faith. In fact, if you read the New Testament, you'll discover that every single treasure that God wants to open up for His child and give to His child is accessed through the key of faith. That's an important thing then, to know what faith is and to know how to exercise that faith because if that's the key to I want that, I want faith. The closest that we have to a definition of what faith is is in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. There it says that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. We're also told in the Bible that faith is the gift of God. Even if you don't know exactly what it is, you get the gift from Him anyhow. You don't have to know exactly what the definition is. We're told also that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. That as this Word is preached and proclaimed, even if I don't know what the exact definition of faith is, if I faithfully present this Word, that, and you hear it, that God can give rise to faith in your life, that's encouraging. A.W. Tozer in his book, The Pursuit of God, has as his last chapter, a chapter that's called The Gaze of the Soul. And there he describes or he puts before us a working, operating description of what faith is, so that we know what faith is when we see it in operation in the believing person. And he takes us to two passages. He takes us to John chapter 3, verse 14, and he takes us to Numbers chapter 21, verses 7 through 9. In John chapter 3, verse 14 we have the Lord Jesus speaking to Nicodemus. And there the Lord Jesus says to Nicodemus this. He's speaking about faith. He says, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that, and here's verse 15, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Numbers 21, verses 7-9, gives us the account of what the Lord Jesus was referring to. There the nation has escaped bondage in Egypt. They're in the wilderness before they enter the promised land. They are murmuring and complaining before God. They're sinning, and as a result, God sends among them a judgment. And the judgment are fiery serpents, poisonous serpents that bite them, and the people are dying from these poisonous bites. And they go to Moses to find some sense of rescue from this, In verse 7 of Numbers 21, it says this, Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. This is this brazen serpent that was made. And it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. And so Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. And so it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. The snake on that pole represented their judgment for their sins. Christ on the cross is taking upon himself your judgment for your sins. This perfect sinless one that we've talked about. This one who is absolutely full of grace and truth allowed himself in a moment to have your sins and your judgment poured out upon him. But do you see this? Seeing is believing. Looking. Looking at Christ, the Son of Man. That's faith. That's belief. Looking and believing are the same thing. John says it another way. He says that as he came unto his own, but his own received him not, but that as many as received him, to those who believed on his name. John says receiving and believing are the same thing. Oh, because that's the kind of look it is. It's the kind of look that gazes and in the gaze opens up the heart and the life to absorb and to receive all that is before their eyes. That is what the world lives by, a kind of Perverted faith, a false faith. People who watch a commercial, they actually believe if they buy that product, they're going to look that good. It's not even a product that has to do with looks, it's just toothpaste or a tire rim or whatever it is. They look at it and they think, oh, this will make me someone important. And it's faith, isn't it? They've received that notion in their minds. Saving faith is looking in a different place altogether. Tozer says faith is the gaze of the soul upon a saving God. And as a result, he points out that faith is that, listen to this, faith is the least self-regarding of the virtues. You find individuals who are trying to measure up, they're trying to be good, they're trying to exercise them in such a way that they can be considered a good Christian or a good person, and they're measuring and studying their activities and their actions to see if they are doing better today than they were the day before, and they're constantly regarding themselves. And they'll never find victory They'll never find an accomplishment of the outpouring of grace and truth in its fullness until they look away from themselves and gaze on the Lord Jesus. Listen to this quote. Faith is by its very nature scarcely conscious of its own existence. Like the eye which sees everything in front of it and never sees itself, faith is occupied with the object upon which it rests and pays no attention to itself at all. Also, get this as well, because faith is the gaze of the spiritual eye and heart upon God and His saving power upon the Lord Jesus Christ, it follows that it is one of the easiest things to do. One of the easiest things to do. God is so good to us. He's so gracious to us that He has made the most vital thing that thing that is the key to opening up all his blessings for us, the easiest thing, the simplest thing, the thing that's accessible to the weakest and the poorest, the one who sees themselves as they see Jesus Christ as nothing like him, only in a small measure, all the rest my sins. Oh, but I can look away to him. Christ has come to bring us salvation. And that salvation not only means that he rescues us from the judgment and from the penalty of our sins because he bore them for us in our place. It means that he brings to us all of our purpose, all of his purposes for us poured out into us. He comes to make of us the intended man as well. He comes to live his life in us. When we come to Christ for salvation, we choose to find our eternal life by gazing on, And fixing our eyes upon His saving life. We turn our eyes upon Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And when we do this, we find that we're changed. And the Bible actually says, as we gaze upon Him, we find that we're transformed and changed from glory unto glory. Jesus doesn't just give us forgiveness in a look. He brings to us transformation in that look as well. He begins to impact us by imparting to us the expressions of his own life as we look upon him. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Here's a promise for the child of God. But we all with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Our relationship with Jesus, who is full of grace and truth, opens up to us the opportunity to receive from Him saving, sanctifying, outpouring benefits of that grace and truth upon all of our lives. He gives us Himself. He pours out upon us everything that we see in Him. It's not the law that saves us and makes us holy. It's not rules and regulations and actions that save us and make us holy. It's not understanding creeds and doctrines which fill our heads alone. It's the Christ who is behind the creed. It's the Christ who is in that doctrine. It's the Christ who inspires those laws. It's the Christ who gives us the fullness of the meaning of those various rules and rituals. It's Him. It's gazing upon Him from which we find life and light. It's in Him that we find salvation. It's in Him that we find increasing holiness, sanctification. It's through the act of faith... That we receive grace upon grace, faith that gazes upon Jesus. Think about it, think about it. You are hanging on the edge of a precipice. You're about ready to teeter into everlasting destruction. As you look down upon it, you find yourself slipping more and more away. As you search the side of the hill, you see no place to grab. The panic comes upon you. If you grab hold of the wrong thing, it won't do. It won't hold you. You'll still fall into that destruction. A hand comes over the side of the hill. A face looks down at you. They call you. Don't look down. Don't look down. It's the Lord Jesus. And they're saying, just look at me. Just look at me. There's our salvation. There's our life. That's faith. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, by your Holy Spirit, sweep us to the manger scene. Bring us by the Sea of Galilee as well. Bring us before the cross with all of its terrors. We're on the mountainside, the Mount of Olives. We're worshiping at His feet appropriate right because this is God in the flesh he's blessing us he's ascending now into heaven ever to intercede for us now he walks among the candlesticks his eyes are a flame of fire he glows with holy power turn us back into Jesus to gaze upon him with the receptive absorbing penetrating look of faith we pray in jesus precious and holy name amen you've been listening to the bread of life a ministry of the bread of life fellowship in boise idaho for a copy of this message just call us at 208-331-4096 until our next broadcast god bless you